Hey, welcome to the She Heard podcast hosted by author and speaker Laurie Green Westlake. On the She Heard podcast, we cover everything from a woman's role in the church to deep and unexpected dives into your favorite Bible heroes. Laurie's passion is to equip women with courage, boldness, and bravery through biblical study and inspiring narrative. Be sure to check out lauriegreenwestlake.com for additional resources. Welcome to the show. Hey, Laurie here with you today. Thank you for joining me again on my podcast. And we've got some pretty convicting things to talk about today. I don't want to scare you off because it's all really good news at the end of it. But I want to tell you a story that happened to me yesterday. We're doing a little remodel, a little paint, a little upgrade on a bedroom in the house. And I had to go to Lowe's to pick up a few things. While I was there, I was in the electrical section looking at or trying, trying to look at a rack of supplies. And there was a man in a scooter talking to an employee of Lowe's. And the man in the scooter was, he talked really loud. And he was going on about the prices today. Oh my gosh. And when I bought this two years ago, it was 25 for two bucks, something like that. And he, the two of them were, they, they didn't look mad at each other, but they looked very seriously engaged. And so I, I needed something right close there. I was trying to shoulder my way in between them and kind of get to where I needed to go. And finally, they looked at me. The scooter guy backed up a little bit. I reached my arm in and got what I needed. And he started again with the pricing. And I, I felt like, oh, oh, he's saying this to me. And I just, I just kind of nodded at him and went on down another aisle and was looking for some additional supplies. And I look up and here he comes in his scooter coming down the aisle and he's talking and I thought first I thought he's talking to himself and and he was actually talking to me he was looking at me and he was talking about cameras in Lowe's and how they're everywhere and but still none of the employees know where anything is he was having a very bad day it seemed but I nodded and skedaddled on down the aisle round another corner picked up my supplies and went and got in line at the checkout counter so I'm standing in line I'm about behind about three people and I hear that scooter and I turn around and he has pulled up behind me. And now he is using the F word left and right like crazy and talking about how expensive everything is and nobody helps you anymore. And we've lost customer service. And I just turned around. Oh, my shoulders were up around my ears. I was just like, oh, I can't stand hearing the F word. It just, it's just really hard for me. It, It does offend me. And so I'm trying to ignore him and my phone dings. And oh, I pull my phone out of my purse, thankful to have a distraction. And I read it and my daughter's like, hey, we need something else. And she told me. So I stepped out of line thankful that I was away from this man. I stepped out of line and went went and got what I needed. And coming back down the aisle to go to the register, I see him again. And he sees me, makes eye contact, and he starts talking again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the crazy people in Albuquerque. But actually, 
There's crazies everywhere. And I shouldn't be diagnosing people either. So I go and I get in line and he pulls up right behind me again. And the F word starts again. And he's complaining and carrying on. And my wrestling match with the Holy Spirit began. I felt like I was Jacob wrestling an angel again. And so I was going, oh, Lord, make him stop talking. The Lord was going, oh, Laurie, you turn around and ask him if you can pray for him. And I was like, yeah, uh, no, I I just want to get my stuff because my family's waiting on me to get home so we can, you know, get this floor painted. And um, I'm just need to get moving, Lord. I, I, you know, a guy like that, whew, huh, huh, someone like that might have a gun in their pocket or he might put that scooter in gear and run right over me, even though I should be able to outrun a scooter at this point. But anyway, I digress because I, you know, in today's world, people are so violent and mean. And I was like, well, no, I'm, I'm not going to take a chance and engage this guy. And so I finally got to the register. He was still talking. I paid for my supplies and I got to the doors that part like the Red Sea for me, get me out of this horrible place. And I head to the parking lot. Now, on my way to the parking lot, I got so convicted about what had just happened and I was thinking, Lord, I cannot. I, I'm just a girl. I, I'm an. I'm a just a gray-headed girl, and I, I can't be taking on people who are using foul language and, you know, men. Even though he was in a scooter, he looked pretty healthy. I don't know what his problem was, but he was a younger man. I would say he was probably in his thirties, maybe late thirties, early forties. And I was like, Lord. <laughs> I, please, there's no way I could engage him. In the mood he was in, there's no telling what he'd do. And I began to think about the prophet Jeremiah. Um, Jeremiah was a mouthpiece for the Lord in a time when Israel had been experiencing wars with uh, Babylon. And Jeremiah had come along and the people even though they were experiencing these wars, they had not turned around and to follow the Lord. They had not begun to repent and, and do the godly things the Lord was asking of them. And Jeremiah, even though these wars were going on, was one who was consistently coming along and saying, if you don't turn, it's going to be worse. He was what we would call today a doom and gloomer, who was always giving people the bad news of what would happen if they didn't do this or that according to the word, according to the law. And while I was reading his accounts, I went back and skimmed through Jeremiah. And while I was reading, I got this visual of Jeremiah. If, if he was alive today, what this would look like. I can see him on the mall in Washington preaching, preaching on those steps to a crowd of people, or I can see him in a pop Christian culture megachurch on a stage with all the flashing lights around and coming out and saying, woe to you if you do not 
repent and turn to the Lord. And in my mind's eye, I can see the crowd, whether on the mall or in the church, responding. And I hear them say things like, shut up, Jeremiah. We don't want to hear that. You don't know anything. You're crazy. Or how about this? Someone saying, you make everyone here uncomfortable. You just need to leave. Well, you know what? That would probably happen today. And while Jeremiah received rebukes and threats throughout his truth-sayer career, the story found in chapters 37 and 38 of Jeremiah, it, it fascinates me. Here, Jeremiah, this just sounds like something that could happen today. Listen to this. Jeremiah is threatened by the local and spiritual officials. That means the political people and the spiritual heads, like our pastors. He was threatened by them because of the unpopular things that he was saying about Jerusalem and how she would be given into the hands of the king of Babylon, that Babylon would win these wars. And nobody wanted to believe this because, as I said earlier, they'd been fighting this particular foe for a while. And so these scoffing officials go to King Zedekiah, the current reign in Judah, and they say to him, Now let this man, Jeremiah, be put to death, inasmuch as he is discouraging the men of war who are left in the city, and all the people are being discouraged by his speaking such words to them. Now this is the crazy part of this scripture. They say to King Zedekiah, for this man, Jeremiah, is not seeking the well-being of this people but rather harm. Wow. (laughs) I was thinking about, I was thinking about a couple of elections ago, how the, the left, and I'm not making a statement about where I stand, but how the left just completely had meltdowns. Um, When were we supposed to be about seeking the well-being of people? But you know what? God's concern at that time was not Israel's spiritual well-being. God's concern was then and is is still his concern today is spiritual holiness. I'm letting that one sink in. God is not concerned about our well-being, our comforts. He is concerned about our holiness. Now, back to Jeremiah's story. The exasperated officials have Jeremiah thrown into a mud pit cistern and left to die. There's another intervention, another imprisonment, and more discouraging encounters for Jeremiah. He was a lonely prophet and is known as that. And as I contemplated the hardships he went through for speaking what the Holy Spirit told him to do, I thought of what Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 4, 3. He wrote this to Timothy, his mentee. He says, For the time will come when they will not tolerate sound doctrine, but but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. 
That's us today, folks. Whoa. I mean, it seems everywhere that we just want to be taught that the things that we desire are what God has for us. That God is here to bless us with material wealth, with happiness, wholehearted joy, and well-being. And we get those things from him, but that is not his purpose for working in us. Those are the icing on the cake. Before we can put the icing on the cake, we got to take a look at the cake. Okay. How many of us have been silenced for speaking an unpopular truth? How many have lost friends, careers, even lives for pointing out the obvious, even though no one, none of us, no one wants to look at the obvious? How many have been labeled conspiracy theorists when simply presenting alternative points of view? Boy, can you name them? I mean, before Elon Musk took over Twitter, It was just cancellation after cancellation after cancellation. And it's still happening. Oh, my gosh. The ministry I work for put out a beautiful documentary on a people group who did not have God's word. And the documentary is about a 30-minute story of a pastor who managed to bring God's word to this people group in Africa. Now, these people knew the word existed, but nobody had ever translated it into their own language. And they felt like God was just visiting them when people from neighboring villages and different language groups would come and share the word with them. They didn't understand why God would not speak directly to them in their own language. And so the story is this pastor who manages to get them an oral Bible translation in their own tongue and the outbreak of revival that happens once they do. That's how important God's word is. YouTube took it down, would not give us a reason other than there was violence. So, I, I mean, this this kind of thing is, is, has been happening for a couple of years and it's only going to get worse. So I believe we live in the days in which Paul warned of, a time when Like the officials in Jeremiah's day, alternative voices are silenced. The officials back then were willing to kill a mouthpiece for the Lord to keep their politically charged messaging on point. Our current officials seem unrestrained to do the same. Our society has tender ears through social media You know what? We've surrounded ourselves with people who think like we do, and with a simple click of a button, we can silence anyone who challenges our group echo chambers, who challenges us to look at something differently. How will we we ever become tough enough for the days ahead when we have sheltered in place with no one to challenge us? You know what? This is my prayer point number one for this podcast, is that we will open ourselves up to be challenged, to accept that some people may think different and go to the Bible to reason together with them, especially when we're talking about fellow Christians. 
But as God warned Israel of war and captivity and banishment over and over again to get their spiritual attention and to direct direct their passions back to him, they simply did not hear. And we're getting these same warnings today with our Jeremiah's out there. And maybe this podcast is kind of like a Jeremiah. These are punch you in the gut notifications that God is not putting up with sin and self-absorption. God, our Lord, builds a kingdom of holy and hardy priests and tough ruling kings, not snowflakes. There's no place for snowflakes on the path to the Lord, and that is a narrow path. God's path is not for those that want to lay back and eat bonbons. God's path is is righteousness. It's a pick up your cross and follow Christ, even if it means to a gruesome death on a hill. The silencing of the Holy Spirit is another problem that we have, and I demonstrated that in Lowe's. I silenced the Holy Spirit in me. It is that inner nudging of personal convictions, and that is how the Lord chooses to tell you and I to step up at this moment, step out, speak, even though you might be shunned or persecuted. I looked up a verse that I was familiar with, but I wanted to read it afresh, a verse about the Holy Spirit, and it's in John sixteen fifteen, And the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, he is called in the Greek language. He is the teacher. He is the one who brings to mind, who and puts it in our gut, really, what Jesus wants us to do and say. He is the one who pleads God's cause to us. Now think about that. Jesus is telling the Holy Spirit, tell Laurie to turn around and pray with the man in the scooter. Tell Laurie to take up my cause and speak to this man. He needs me. And you know what I did? I silenced him. Because I just, I didn't want to be persecuted. I didn't want to be yelled at. And that probably wouldn't have happened. He probably would have quieted down and let me pray with him. But I didn't want to take the chance. I wanted to get out of the store and get home. So I want to tell you a story of when I was brave. And how surprised I am that I've come so far from being a brave speak-up-at-all-cost to a silenced, i just got to get out of this store. Years ago, when I was working for an organization, it was a large organization, it had a, a man who was in leadership. I worked for him, and so did several other women. When I first got into my job, meeting the gals there, several of the women complained about this leader and how he talked to them when they'd done something wrong. It was inappropriate and unprofessional, but it was, it wasn't really, we're human. It wasn't a huge surprise. And I've heard things like this before, but there was this one 
woman who was having it especially bad. And over the course of a few weeks, she was telling me about the things that he would say in the office. And then we had a woman quit. And she secretly came back and told me later that she quit because of the way this leader treated her, that he had become even verbally abusive. And then the one that I had been hearing the most from, the one that uh, told me that he'd really started to also get verbally abusive with her, she came in one day and told me that he had called her at home and really raked her over the coals at night after hours over something that had happened and that he had even said some very inappropriate things that I won't repeat. So, boy... I went into a wrestling match with the Lord and the Holy Spirit just began to say, if, if you don't speak up, who will? These women obviously are, are not sensing or feeling the power to speak up, but you could be an advocate, Laurie. It's time for you to do something about this. And so I really didn't want to do this because I was, of course, I just started, I've been on the job maybe just six months, and I didn't want to lose it. I had my sights set on some goals there. I also didn't want to be persecuted, and I also didn't want to be called a troublemaker. I hate it when people call me names, because I internalize that stuff. It's just crap, and I don't know why I do it, but I do it. But I was just, oh, I was sweating bullets. I... It's like, oh, Lord, surely you don't want me, me to do this. And he said, yeah, no, I want you to take up my cause and go in there and speak to this man. So the next morning I went into his office and I said, I've heard this from other women and I know this to be true. This is what the latest woman that you've abused told me. And I know that the one that recently quit, quit because of this. And so... I'm going to ask that you resign today or I'm going to the board of directors with my evidence. And you know what? He resigned. And we got a good leader, a strong man who was very godly, who took his place. And so everything I'd feared didn't happen. But that doesn't mean that the next time it might But the point of me telling you this story is look how far I was in Lowe's from that gal because I've been conditioned by our society to just let the status quo happen. Don't look over there. Keep moving. Don't stop and pray for all the people in Turkey because it's just another earthquake. Don't stop by the homeless person and tell them that you're going to pray for them because tomorrow they're still going to be homeless. Now, I hope no one takes those clips out of context because what I'm saying is that thinking is wrong. And have we not all been tempted to think like that? So there's there's a couple of points here. Number one, we have to listen to those oddballs on the pathways to God, because they might have something to say that isn't popular, but we need to hear from the Lord. 
And the second one is when the Holy Spirit, by Jesus's command to him, speaks to you and says, you go in there and you speak up and I will tell you what to say and I will help you through it. We must be bold and brave and do it. So that's the podcast for today. Let me pray that you are bold and brave enough to do these things. Oh, Lord, I know those that are listening right now are the ones that don't mind being challenged, or they certainly wouldn't be listening to a podcast that I'm talking about, because, you know, you made me to be a pretty, pretty big fighter. I'm not about comforts, and I don't want them to be, and I pray that you equip them with not only your encouragement and your courage, but also with that peace that passes all understanding as they step out. Lord, I pray that you bless us all with a spirit of truth and that you make us all advocates for your Son, Jesus Christ. Okay, amen. Amen. Now, before I get off, I've got to remind you that I have a website, lauriegreenwestlake.com, and there you can find blogs on different spiritual topics, and you can also find my books. I've written two fiction books about a lowly accountant, normal girl, who seeks to discover how and who murdered her husband. And I wanted to use this particular character to encourage everyone that we can do phenomenal things. And then I also have my Bible study, which is God's Will Unraveling the Mystery, and it is about the corporate call of Christ. We have a personal call. That one thing that, you know, God gave us gifts to accomplish in the body of Christ. Well, and some people have more than one gift, and sometimes I kind of get jealous about that, by the way. Got to work on that. But anyway, this is what Jesus, uh, this book study, it's called a Bible brief. You can do it on your own time, no guilt, no pressure. But it is about what God is calling the body of Christ to do. And there's a big purpose, and everything falls into line. So that's it for me today. Go forward, be brave, be courageous, and most of all, be blessed.